0: How would a husband and father with over 18 years of experience in the information technology field decide to attend Concordia Seminary to become a pastor? How did the Lord guide this family as they made this decision? What does becoming a pastor involve and how has it impacted his family? Join us today as I interview Vicar Alexander Schrader. He's in his third year at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Before beginning his graduate studies toward a Master of Divinity degree, he spent 18 years in the information technology field. Alex is married to Vicki and they have three children. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield and your host for today's program. Welcome, Alex, thanks for being my guest today.
1: Thank you, Kay, I really appreciate it. This is a great opportunity.
0: Well, that is awesome. Tell us about your family.
1: Well, my wife, Vicki, and I met uh, a number of years ago. Um, We were actually set up by a mutual friend of ours. I used to work at the uh, Lutheran Church International Center. So we had a mutual friend, and it was wonderful, um, the fact that we just, they put us together, and we met at Bread Company, and honestly, from there, it just kept going. My my wife now works at Lutheran Hour Ministries, actually. She is the um, associate director of their funding initiative. And she's been there uh, for about two years. It's been a great experience for her there. Um, our three kids, my daughter Sophie is 14 years old, and she definitely loves music, and she loves dancing, and she loves hanging out with her friends. And even even the kids even love, I was thinking about this the other day, they love going on long drives together. Mm. And so it's kind of an odd thing, but it's uh, one of the things they like to do. And then my son Eric really loves sports and uh, video games, and he also does um, some video recording that he likes to do. And kind some... of takes after his
0: dad. Huh? <laughs>
1: he does. That's right. And it's so a little programming, too. So that's Uh-oh. that's part of it, too. And my son, Leo, loves uh, band. And he's, he's also doing very well in school. And he uh, was doing the bassoon for a while and the clarinet for a while. And now he's on drums. In fact, they're about to go on a... A band tour to Kansas City here this weekend. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, now tell us a little bit about your background before we get into why you and how you decided to go to the seminary.
1: Sure. Actually, when I was at college, I went to Concordia University in Ann Arbor and I graduated there in about 2000. And so I actually was doing computer work there um, and kind of started my own business at that point, which lasted for a little while, uh, over a decade or so. Um, But I actually went to college initially with a pre-seminary degree in mind. And however, um, my skills really appeared to be more so in music at the time. And so that was just kind of what drove me from that point to continue in music. And then I I, uh, graduated with a music performance degree. And music has always been a huge part of my life. You know, it's just a big passion for me and who I am. And even just between the spaces of life, I would um, go to the library and just pull out books on music theory and composition and recording and all of that. And just put a lot of effort into it. Um, computers really is what got me through college. So yeah. as far as uh, just paying the bills and, and making all of that happen. Um, so I was hired on the computer department. My freshman year just after my freshman year in order to help start a radio station which they had me do that because of my audio experience Um, but the first thing they said was well your first week here at the computer department we're gonna teach you how to make a (laughs) web (laughs) page so from there it just kept going Um, I ended up uh, that was part of the company also that I ran but then also when I got hired at the International Center Uh, i i was webmaster there for about six years and then from that point i was kind of bouncing around saint louis just doing various projects in various places for um you know some secular companies some fortune 500 companies and just a vast array of clients Mm -hmm. in the saint louis area and around uh 2014 well 2015 is when i started at the seminary so that's that was about how long i was doing
0: that so how did you decide to go to the seminary to become a pastor you're a second career student you're married you have children you've been working in a professional field all those years how difficult was it to make that decision and tell us a little bit about uh how you talked to vicky about this and and the process for making such an important uh decision
1: you're you're hearing me laugh as you say that question and i i really appreciate that question a lot so when i was around 10 or 11 i had always wanted to be a pastor and uh i actually had what's called hydrocephalus i had a a tumor that was blocking the spinal fluid in my brain and so they they actually put an implant in my brain to help with the spinal fluid because it was causing all kinds of problems and so it's actually this bypass that I have that kind of goes down there. But anyway, the point being is they I had brain surgery, which caused me to have to relearn how to think in those years. And I had a difficult time with academics. And so I just I always felt like, although I had always wanted to be a pastor and work with people, I never really had the academic quota that i needed to really be able to do that and so that was kind of why music worked so well Mm -hmm. because it was just something that my brain could do Mm -hmm. and so i kind of kept going in that direction so after graduating from college and i had always checked year after year to see if this might be the year that the lord would have me go to Mm -hmm. seminary and there were all these doors in life that were shut Mm -hmm. and so you try this door or you try that door and you see if they open and just every year they don't open And then finally, in uh, 2014 or 2015-ish was when I started in 2015, all of the doors blew wide open. And it was almost like I was just being escorted in.
0: Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Yeah, thanks. That's a a powerful uh, point because I think as Christians, we need to learn how to see God's Mm. open and closed doors and not Mm. try to push doors down. But when God is ready, he opens doors. Hmm. And uh, I'm glad he opened that door for you. Tell me a little bit more and our listeners a little bit more about your faith in Christ and why you want to be a pastor.
1: Thanks. Christ has always been the reason for doing everything that I've done. At least that's been my intent, you know, and I think... Um, always having a passion for coming to seminary. I, now that I'm here, I'm almost overjoyed in how to express that. Mm-hmm. But I think even in the pursuit of music, in the pursuit of doing computers, and whatever it was in my life, was always the end goal of reaching people for the sake of the gospel. And I think there was probably some some learning that needed to take place between here and there. But, um, you know, may God be praised in everything that we do, whether we hold the door open for someone next mm-hmm. to us or... You know help someone cross the street or whatever it might be you know yeah. I just think that every moment that we have is an opportunity to share his love with those around us
0: that is awesome that yes. is so uh, exciting to hear that let me just make a couple announcements and then we'll go back and continue discussing uh, your journey and you're still on that journey learn a little bit more about what it means to go to concordia seminary uh, to become a pastor or a professional church worker is a little bit about the time frame and all of those things as well family shields theme for this year is always be ready to give an answer based on first peter 3 15. thank you for your partnership in the gospel as we share christ with you our listeners and help you come to know Christ, grow in His Word, and strengthen your family. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet Live the Six, which is about how to be an everyday missionary. To request the booklet, call the Family Shield Response Center at 1 877 250 8416 or email us at witness2familygmail.com. At Don't forget, to give us your complete name and address when you call or write. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, that means have life insurance or other assets with Thrivent, you can designate Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice, or you can call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836, and their staff will help you do this. Again, that number for them is one 847 4836 Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. We encourage you to sign up to receive our email newsletter on the website at www.familyshieldministries.com or send us your email and we'll do it for you. You can contact us at witness2family at gmail.com. Now, I want to go back to our guest Alex Schrader. He is a vicar today, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that means. But uh, Alex, tell our listeners about the process of attending Concordia Seminary to become a pastor. For someone that's listening that maybe has thought just like you did about, I think someday I want to be a pastor. uh, What does it involve? How many years is it? You have to have your degree ahead of time. You know, just tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Sure thing. Thanks, Kay. Um, The process for coming to seminary is actually, it is a four-year degree that is above a college degree. So you get your your undergrad at your college, and then when you come here to seminary, you will uh, receive your master's in divinity. And so that four-year degree entails a lot of Book reading entails a lot of experience. Um, They really work very hard and do such a terrific job at making sure that you have a well-rounded experience so that when you end up in your church or wherever it is that God may place you, the experiences that you've had here will be really terrific in allowing you to be adaptable to fit different situations and different people types. And it's it's a wonderful experience. And the the vicarage year is the third out of 4 years and that is the year that I'm in mm-hmm. particularly. And that is really it's like an internship basically. Mm-hmm. So I am assigned to a particular church and I specifically have been assigned to Emmanuel in St. Charles, which is why I'm wonderfully allowed to still live here on campus because it's close enough to campus. And uh, while I am there, then I am doing pastoral type roles. I'm teaching Bible studies, I'm preaching, I'm um, visiting the sick, I'm working with the grade school, um, all different kinds of facets of being a pastor. And it's a wonderful experience to be able to see how it works. And I think you can you can spend enough time in the classroom and not really get the sense of what Absolutely. it means. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I think a lot of us learn by doing. Great. And what's great about your vicarage year is that you're working with a senior pastor and other staff and so you get exposed to a lot but you get to try it that's correct how was it have you preached your first sermon i have
1: thank you i've i've preached a couple and they've gone they've gone pretty well i'm sure they have yeah Yeah, thank you
0: Yeah. yeah Yeah, so um, so for some of, because vicar in some denominations means something different. I wanted to make sure we explained what that is. And um, so then next year you'll be back in the seminary. But I did want to jump back to usually the first year you have to take Greek and Hebrew here at Concordia Seminary, right?
1: That is correct, yes. And that is one of those things that can feel somewhat frightening in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it is quite a, a rigorous um process to go through, to learn two languages as your first step in this. And I know they are just now um, revising the curriculum, so, so the Greek and Hebrew process is not too intensive right off the bat, but you get a little, it's a little bit more spread out and you get to apply it more to what you're doing along the way. But it is, uh, I, I must tell you though personally that the process of learning Greek and Hebrew was wonderful. You get to be with guys and be in the trenches with them and to see just how valuable it is. It is. And and they tell you that and they say that and you hear that, but having experienced it really shows me just how amazing it is. Not only the knowing of what it says in Greek and Hebrew, the original language, which is a little more thorough and a little a little more insightful, but then also just learning how a different how to speak to a different culture and take the words and messages that may not make sense Mm -hmm. and be able to make them make sense in different cultures. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of the side effects of learning two languages that I think is just invaluable in our particular way of life here.
0: So in some Christian denominations, they may have a seminary and they may not require Greek and Hebrew, Uh, but the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate at concordia seminary in st louis and also the concordia seminary in fort wayne does require it because it is important to be able to read the original languages right
1: that is correct yeah and we take our scholarship very seriously that the message that we're giving to people is very accurate and very profound and deep
0: yeah and just knowing what the original languages say yeah. it's great i know it's not easy to learn, but I, I love those pastors that uh, study for their sermons in Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> and I know that you yeah, have to sometimes read the English translations as well, but uh, blessings. So talk a little bit about what has been the hardest thing about being at the seminary for you and your family.
1: Well, I must say my experience here is is definitely unique in its own way, and I think any pastor or, or seminarian that you talk to would say the same thing that everyone has their own story. So my particular story of difficulties here is uh, I have a family, like I mentioned earlier, three kids and a wife, and it is it sometimes can be a challenge to juggle pressures of uh, various pressures of homework, whether it's paying bills or or doing um, doing Bible studies or doing the readings that you have, uh, and also balancing that with being a dad to my children being a father and being a husband to my wife Um, another unique thing about us is the fact that we've been in st louis for so long so we do have friends who are still in the area and when when I don't have as much time to spend with them it's hard to answer that to express that you know we love you we're still your friends we just don't have much time and and I say this as though I, I don't want to give the impression that we are so beat down that it's impossible to survive because it's wonderful it's a wonderful experience it's a lot of work and uh what a great thing to know that what you're doing will in the end um, help the mission of our lord
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah so talk a minute about the impact of the seminary on your wife and your children you live on campus you you mentioned that wonderful facilities Mm. that Concordia Seminary has in Clayton, Missouri. Mm. And I'm sure that's not always the case at Mm. all seminaries, but uh, just a little bit about the impact of you being at the seminary on your wife and your children.
1: Wonderful, thank you so much. That, That also is a great question. Being on campus, I have to say, if anyone is considering coming to the seminary, and I highly express how wonderful it is to be here, I really, really recommend living on campus as much as possible it is such a wonderful experience to be here and to just be sharpened by those around you day and night uh, to know this is it's so unique to be living in a place that is very village like
0: mm, it is like a village is not it? Yeah. <laughs> it? sure
1: is i've even noticed that sometimes i'll walk outside and and we're all friends together and the kids all play together and sometimes you'll have parents playing zone defense on who's got whose kids during what time <laughs> It's a wonderful way to live and somewhat, some may call that antiquated, but I really find such benefit in that, in being mm-hmm. on campus. And the our kids have all expressed loving the fact that they are here. And when you need to escape, we're able to escape to our rooms or our own little private areas. Mm-hmm. So it's really quite a quite an experience.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Now talk a little bit about your greatest joy being at the seminary.
1: <laughs> Thank you. My greatest joy, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I've always wanted to be a pastor since I was ish. And, um, to finally, now that I'm 39, I guess I started, I was 37 ish. Um, to finally having that being fulfilled is so wonderful. And I guess I felt like even in the midst of all of my former years of work, you work so hard to try and see moments where you have an opportunity to share Christ with someone and maybe in one week you had a little drop somewhere where you may have been able to, and you hope you made an impact, and you don't know if you made an impact, and you pray that you made an impact. And here at the seminary, you're just you're being built to be as much of an impact as you can to share that love of Christ with those around you, and especially on my vicarage year here now that I've been a vicar for a number of months, just watching the Spirit of God work in so many ways, almost and he goes out ahead of you mm-hmm. he's doing those things and preparing those things in front of you so that when you step into these situations he's got it ready for you and there there's so little that i as a human am doing and there's so much that you get to watch the spirit of god doing in the hearts of people That's awesome. and i feel like i'm the in the front row seat of the greatest <laughs> the <laughs> greatest event
0: <laughs> that is awesome yeah that's great. Well, you talked a little bit about uh, sharing Christ and sharing the gospel. And I know right now you're surrounded by Christians mm. uh, at your church and uh, at the mm. seminary. But I'm sure there has been a time, maybe recently, maybe in the past, where you've had a chance to share the message of God's love with someone that either wasn't a believer at all or maybe had used to go to church and had fallen away. Just mm. a story about someone that you hope and pray that your words mm. touched anybody come to mind
1: oh definitely there's there have been a lot but there's one who always seems to come to mind for me and I will say to the experiential learning of the seminary has been one of the most valuable where you get to watch how the Spirit of God works and then you you rely on that and one of the things for me in particular that I have found is the Lord has always put me right where I need to be and he's always put the person I am to talk to right in front of me I haven't had to seek it out mm. I haven't had to find it or search for it or hunt it down or, or even... knock
0: the door down it right. just was there yeah. right
1: he he has done it I did my module at a a particular hospital in the area where I did some hospital visits it was a Christian hospital but you will have some folk in there of of all different kinds of religions sure. in this hospital and uh, one particular guy I talked to was, and I will say, overall, the whole experience was fantastic. And at the end, it was great. But we had, I walked into that room, and I had my collar on, and he had some things to say. Oh. And he said them. Very, very much so. Uh, he wanted to refute a lot of the things that he had learned growing up, because he grew up Catholic. Uh-huh. And he spent that time his sort of agitation level kept increasing and increasing and increasing till finally at the top was a direct and complete apostasy and rejection of Christianity mm. and i just sat that period of of ramping up was 45 minutes
0: oh my goodness but and I, you just stood and listened I,
1: yeah i ended up sitting on his bed and oh and as he asked me to oh. and so i sat there and listened and when he hit the top and said everything he needed to say you know he won the game of which he had set the rules mm-hmm. so finally he came down off of that and, and started then to ask me questions about mm-hmm. my training and who I was and we realized that we had had similar type surgeries in the past oh. and this opened the doors to be able to talk to him and by the time we were done he had said to me well as he was healing he said, well, God was really with me during this time when I was going through this. And then later in that session, he said, God was watching out for me. And he gave me the strength to do a couple of other things. And there were two points where he said that. Mm-hmm. And then he said, hey, can I have your number? I want to come by your church sometime. Oh, okay. And I don't think he understood that I was a vicar. But yeah. uh, if the progression from being a non-Christian to becoming a Christian is from A to Z, if you pick up someone at M... And you drop them off at n it's one little step along the way that god had used you in that whole process mm-hmm. and it was great to be able to see moments there where uh you saw the light of christ awesome moving yeah.
0: yeah thanks and i i think your story is so important because what what i was thinking i've had lots of experiences like that myself mm. if you listen at the end mm-hmm. they will tell you what the real reason mm-hmm. they aren't connected to christ is um and a lot of times the real reason will come up after they have vented and after they have complained about everybody else but it's some usually they're not telling you what the issue is <laughs> did you ever learn that or see that
1: absolutely at some points um, it, it really shows how important it is to listen. And oh, this, this, absolutely. Yeah, and this is definitely not an isolated story in the no. fact that just watching that people have this thing that they need to say, they need to share their heart mm-hmm. so that you can see their heart before right. you even begin to direct.
0: And many people wouldn't have done what you did, mm. sit and listen for 45 minutes as he vented his <laughs> anger. But... That is what Mm. we do as witnesses Mm. for Christ. Mm. We listen, but then we look for a way to share God's love in Christ at some point in the future. We don't get angry at them Mm. and scream back at them. Mm. We just, now some people might have walked out and everybody has different reasons for doing this, but I just love that you just allowed him to vent and then he started asking you questions. That is the Holy Spirit working, really. It is. It is. Well, that's great. Now, um, so Alex, what are your hopes and dreams for the future as you look forward to graduating from Concordia Seminary?
1: Oh, thank you. We, we really are looking forward to what God has in store. Honestly, in our particular family, and as I've talked with my wife and my kids about this too, we really are trying to not restrict what God would do and where he would put us. So we really aren't aren't putting any labels or restrictions on, on what he would have. I've even talked a few spots about doing the hospital chaplaincy or even the Navy chaplaincy. There's been some of that that's come up. Um, I particularly gravitate towards being in a parish situation.
0: You like that, where you're at now. I really yeah. do. Yeah.
1: I really am loving where I'm at now. And so we're, we're leaving that open to whatever the Lord would have because he really has been guiding this since day one so why should i even mm-hmm. grab the rudder why
0: why try let sure. let the lord lead open and close doors right <laughs> that's right yeah. thank you for oh, awesome awesome so um as you then graduate um you might be a pastor in a congregation you might be a chaplain you might find another opportunity to serve because Pastors serve in all Mm. kinds of areas. Nonprofit ministries usually have pastors at the helm. Not always, but a lot of times, yeah. So any closing thoughts you have for our listeners? Uh, Just anything that comes to your mind. Doesn't have to be about you being at the seminary. Just anything that you want to share. Sure,
1: thank you. I think in general, um, the seminary is such a wonderful experience. And I, I would really encourage anyone who's considering it to really go and check it out to see if this is something that God may have in store for you. It has been such a wonderful experience for me, and not even on the receiving end, but being able to watch the Lord work. Um, If this is something that you've been thinking, just really, I would would move forward with it. And there's bumps along the way, Mm -hmm. and there's headaches along the way, but my goodness, there is anywhere you go.
0: Anywhere you go, that's (laughs) the same, you bet.
1: Yeah, and the takeaway from it is one that you just can't put a measure on.
0: That's awesome, that's awesome. Again, my guest has been uh, Alex Schrader, it's Vicar Alex Alex (laughs) Schrader this year, and soon Reverend Alexandra Schrader, I should say your full name. Uh, This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. I wanna mention again that uh, we're giving away the booklet, Live the Six, and it's about how to be an everyday missionary. You don't have to be a pastor. To be an everyday missionary, God gives you opportunities each and every day to share the love of Jesus Christ with those you meet in your own families. So call the Response Center at 1-877-250-8416. If you want to order that booklet, we'll send it out at no charge. Or you can just email us your address at witness2family at gmail.com. That's witness2family at gmail.com. And again, if you want to learn more about Family Shield, go to our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. You can contact us at email, witness to family at gmail.com. And again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening.